0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're talking week 11 passing game matchups on roto Radio.
2: What's up, roto
1: Welcome into the RotoViz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick. I'm joined by Dave Cabin Vader, uh, wearing a hood, <laughs> looking h- like a highly suspicious character tonight. Um, Christian Watson just scored another touchdown, Dave. Um, so the 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 heat check continues, and uh, we're going to talk about passing game matchups from non-Thursday night uh, NFL games. In today's episode uh, of note, you know, when we were talking earlier in the week, we were, you know, concerned about what could potentially happen with the Buffalo Cleveland game and the six feet of snow that are forecasted for Buffalo. Earlier today, it was announced that that game will still be a 1 p.m. kickoff and they have moved it to Detroit inside. So uh, we can, you know, uh, keep that in mind as we're going through the matchups. May or may not highlight that game, um, but. You know, before we would have certainly been discounting uh, what the tools were telling us, Dave.
2: Yeah, certainly. So it's going to be kind of interesting now to see that game played elsewhere. Uh, we've had some snow actually up in uh, my neck of the woods already. Yeah, um, I we don't know had, about we you.
1: Here too. Oh, yeah, it It melted off today, but I'd say we got like a half inch here. Yeah. Uh, yesterday. Yeah. yeah.
2: All right. Well. Now that we've established what the weather has been like. <laughs> <laughs> this is the of the cave. Yes, it is. Weather right.
1: patterns in Midwest and
2: Northeastern <laughs> United States. I mean, if that's if that's not why you're tuning in, then I don't know what you're looking for. All right. Mm. Let's just start off with the passing game matchups for wide receivers. I don't really know where else we would start, but that's how we're doing it. I will call out um, that if you had the guts to start Rambo Cobb, on Thursday night, you might have been looking pretty well. He actually has a matchup rating of 88, which is significantly high. The second he did player- open the
1: game with one reception for 24 yards in the first quarter, Dave.
2: Well, there we go. So, a players that will be going this weekend, Wandale Robinson has the highest rating with a 76. Now, this should not come as a surprise. Every week, we highlight a receiver that is facing off against the detroit lions uh if you look at wandale spends a lot of time in the slot we have talked about and i have written numerous times this year in the article that accompanies the tool uh, about detroit's struggles with wide receivers at large and you know the success that slot wide receivers have had against them if you look across thresholds they have been one of the most favorable teams Tied for first in allowing the most 20 plus point wide receiver performances. This looks like a great matchup for Wandale. Uh, as we move beyond him, Tyler Boyd, man, this season continues to chug, you know, just chug along nicely for him, capitalizing on the increased role that he's had with Jamar Chase out. GLSP has liked him, comes up very solidly with a rating of 73 this week. Against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, this is looking like a very good spot for him. Wide receiver top 48 wide receivers, Pittsburgh has been one of the most friendly teams toward. Now, one of the interesting things is the last time that Cincinnati played Pittsburgh this season on a individual basis defending Boyd on the targets that he saw, the team actually did pretty well however though they surrendered a short touchdown to Boyd which allowed him to put together a good day um you could spin that either way but my takeaway would be we see this being a good matchup for Boyd and then even in the game where they kind of did their best against him he still managed to put together a solid performance so it should be a good week for Tyler Boyd uh if I hadn't mentioned he gets a 73
1: yeah, Dave, Tyler Boyd is actually the wide receiver 21 in PPR uh, this year so far. He um, does have two wide receiver one performances too, so we shouldn't discount the favorable view from the tools. Uh, he did post 20.5 against New York back in week three, at 29.5 uh, point explosion against the Falcons in week seven. Uh, one of the most efficient wide receivers in all of fantasy football this year. He's got just a 15% team target market share um but he has 38.3 fantasy points over expectation um so you know that's what happens when you're 61st in team target share but you're 15th in total touchdowns that's just how it rolls man
2: <laughs> yeah it certainly does so we have Chicago facing off against Atlanta you have Darnell Mooney drawing a matchup rating of 72 now, Mooney has run 71% of his routes from the slot. Uh, the the corners that cover the slot uh, for the Falcons haven't been awful on an individual basis, but they haven't been great. But what you do see is when you play around in the target explorer pro- portion of the passing game matchup raider, you definitely see... Some things that would lead lead you to believe that this could be a solid outing for Mooney. And then on top of that, the only team allowing a higher total to top 48 wide receivers is the Vikings. Uh, The Falcons have allowed 19 points per game to top 48 wide receivers, and they're allowing 2.3 wide receivers per game, Curtis, to go over 10 plus. Uh, so Chase Claypool also scores pretty high this week. Maybe this is the game where we get to see him really establish himself inside of that Bears offense.
1: Yeah, I love it, man. Um, over the past five weeks, and uh, these are some supporting stats from the NFL Stat Explorer uh, matchup analysis tab, um, which is a great compliment to any discussion that we have in any show. I always have this thing pulled up. Uh, third in targets allowed to opposing wide receivers over the past five weeks uh, first in receptions allowed to the position and first in receiving yards allowed to the position. The Falcons are surrendering 20 or 222.8 receiving yards to opposing wide receivers per game. Um, that's a pretty good total. So I mean, could you even maybe see a chase Claypool complimentary breakout uh, on top of what Mooney's doing, you know, regardless of like, you know, the individual yep. matchups as, as you're mentioning, you know, could this just be a game where that whole passing game really gets going in addition to the the dynamic uh, quarterback-led rushing attack that we've seen from Fields? Also of note here, that could be uh, a positive uh, for both Mooney and Claypool. Cole Komet uh, has been dinged this week, and he's not been out there at practice. So um, there's a, a chance, you know, that, that he isn't playing, and that would, of course, you know, just make this trend, you know, even more favorable.
2: Yeah, so definitely that is something to pay attention to. And another situation that I'm sure many people will be paying attention to is Mike Williams for the Chargers and whether or not he goes. And it's going to be pretty important, I think, for a lot of people out there that are looking for other wide receivers that they can start from the Chargers uh, this week against Kansas City. Kansas City, another team that has been pretty favorable amongst thresholds. Just to give you an idea here of how this is it looks like a good matchup for pretty much any wide receiver on the chargers josh palmer drew a rating of 66 mike williams a rating of 63 Jalen guiden a rating of 61 so three of the top 11 wide receivers this week in terms of their matchup rating come from the los angeles chargers uh yeah. you know how many of them will be able to suit up. We'll have to see, uh, but definitely something encouraging there. I will also say we're going to hit through these pretty quickly tonight, trying to be efficient here, but I will have more backup uh, that you can see in the article that will break this down in a bit more detail.
1: Yeah. Just a, um, just a practical application note. I mean, if, if you're holding out, hoping that Mike Williams is going to play, you know, that, you know, he's playing the 8:20 Sunday night game against the chiefs. So, it complicates things a little bit depending on who else is on your roster. Um, good idea, you know, as Dave highlights, many of the Chargers re- receivers, you know, I think with the positive news or I, I guess the, the tease about po- both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams potentially coming back this week, you know, perhaps Carter, uh, perhaps Palmer, you know, got thrown back uh, to the waiver wire. So, you know, you have the opportunity there. If you want to wait for this Chargers Chiefs game to make your decision, uh, you know, have a backup from the chargers ready to go, uh, in case you get the bad news, you know, about an hour before kickoff.
2: Yeah. You know, another kind of, um, just note there too, is that sometimes it's not a bad idea to, to have somebody that's going in the Sunday night game too, in case something happens at the last minute that you're not expecting. Um, so I like that note. All right. Um, Moving along, those are really the wide receivers that have significantly high scores this week. Uh, Just a couple other names I'll put out there. C.D. Lamb looks pretty well positioned against Minnesota, coming off the heels of an absolutely tremendous game. We did talk about Rondale Moore when we were looking at the GLSP earlier in the week, and he also has a pretty favorable matchup with the 49ers.
1: Yeah, I like that CD call against Minnesota too, because Minnesota has been absolutely brutal to opposing rushing attacks. I mean, I know this is supposed to be a close game, and Dallas is on the road. You know, it it you know kind of shapes up as like, I mean, this, I mean, this is an exciting game, by the way. Like this yes. game has, I mean, this is you know potential playoff matchup uh, preview. I mean, this is a big game. This this is one of the games of the week, if not the game of the week in my mind. I, I love this matchup. It's going to be tight. I mean, Vegas has got this as a one-and-a-half point uh, differential there with Dallas actually being road favorites. But Minnesota has just not been kind to opposing fantasy running backs at all. Just two backs in the last five weeks have surpassed eight-and-a-half PPR against this defense. So I like the idea of Dallas maybe forcing uh, the issue there a little bit because if they can get ahead, like just thinking about how these two teams match up, I mean, Dallas is passed – Rush is nasty. But they are weak against the run. So if you get Dallas out to an early lead, slinging the ball downfield to C D and then force Vikings to throw, you know, it could be open season on Kirk Cousins. And uh, you know, that's that's probably more the script that the Cowboys would prefer. Uh create some turnovers there. And then, you know, in addition to that the matchup being, you know, decent, you know, above average to uh to slightly favorable for C D, just What has actually happened against uh, the Vikings defense is pretty exciting. When uh, you know, again, I'm in that matchup analysis tab of the NFL Stat Explorer. In the past four weeks, we've really seen some exciting performances. You know, Tyreek Hill put up 29.7 against this defense. DeAndre Hopkins uh, in his triumphant return, 35.9 PPR against this defense. Curtis Samuel with a 17.1 PPR performance, and then Stephon Diggs with a 24.8 point. Uh, performance in the matchup against his former team uh, just last week. So yeah, man, I mean, the good receivers have been getting there. There's no reason to think that CD
0: can't get it done either. Sure. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
2: With harder matchups, the first name that I want to call attention to here is Amari Cooper. Uh, What you will see is that Buffalo is one of the more difficult matchups that a group of wide receivers can face. On top of that, Cooper is pretty evenly split between being out wide, being in the slot, and then location on the field. This means he's going to see coverage very likely I would expect to be fairly even between Dane Jackson, Teron Johnson, Christian Benford. Benford allowing just 2.2 points per game on direct targets, Johnson 6.6, Dane Jackson just 4.3. That really underscores why this has been a tough defense to face. There's really not a weakness that most of this team's, you know, top one or two wide receivers are going to be facing off against. So could be a week where we see Cooper get slowed down a little bit. Um, interestingly enough, the tool also scores the Buffalo wide receivers, uh, pretty low this week in terms of their matchup rating. Now that's not going to matter for Stefan Diggs. Um, you know, maybe it doesn't matter that much for Gabe Davis. We'll have to see if he's able to break any big plays, but, uh, you know, thankfully Curtis, this game's not going to be played in the snow. So these guys can maybe, redeem themselves or or you know prove these ratings to not have mattered now back to that atlanta chicago game hold on i gotta say something i gotta say
1: something about amari cooper here because the game splits app i mean this is one of the the funnier this is like late career home road ben roethlisberger noteworthy i mean amari cooper on the road this year dave four games he's averaging 5.8 ppr per game on the road (laughs) (laughs) and at home he's at home he's averaging 21.06 he's like he's like a he's like a high-end wide receiver one at home and he is a dumpster fire on the road so you I, i mean it's a pretty valuable warning shot to know that only not only is he on the road albeit not necessarily in a hostile environment um now in buffalo But with this matchup not looking great, I mean, Amari's kind of been one of those players that he's just good enough that I keep trotting him out there in my lineup. But I mean, we've now got a... This is a pretty powerful sample at this point, and it's a bad matchup. I think if I've got other viable flex options, you know, Amari might ride the pine this weekend, Dave. So I appreciate you calling this one out.
2: Yeah, so not not a good look there uh, for Amari. I want to turn our attention now back to the Atlanta Chicago game where Drake London rates in this week with a pretty low score. Why are are we talking about Drake London? (laughs) Nobody's starting
1: Drake London. All right. All right. You're starting Drake London. (laughs)
2: Tanking dynasty teams. All right. All right. right. We'll move off of Drake London. Yeah. I, there's somebody out there, Curtis, there's somebody listening to this show. Somebody's planning a start for thinking about if they are place. starting Drake yeah. London or not. All right. Drake <laughs> London with a 26. Now Devonta Smith for the Eagles also gets a 26, which oh. is a pretty low rating. Um, let's just drill down into this one from a threshold perspective. Uh, Cause Indy, I feel like might be a team that you could easily have missed has been a pretty hard matchup for opposing wide receivers. Just one wide receiver per game getting to 10 points. Only, f- you know, 0. 0.4 wide receivers per week getting to 15 plus. And top 48 wide receivers, Curtis, managing only 12.8 points against the secondary. That's one of the lowest amongst all teams. So this could be a hard matchup for Smith, especially the Especially when you layer on the top uh, on top of that, um, the fact that the way that he is used in his alignment does not score very highly. Uh, very interesting here, Curtis. All of the Washington wide receivers. Um, actually, let me let me just let me just filter this here so it's just Washington. I want to see how low they all are here. So, Curtis Samuel. With a 37 is all right, but you have Terry McLaurin at 25, Jahan Dotson at 25, Diami Brown at a 24. Looks like it could be a pretty tough game for the Commanders' wide receivers. Uh, Just for a little extra background here, Houston also sharing a similar status with the Colts in the thresholds tab. Uh, they actually have been a pretty tough matchup. So those are some guys that you're not going to expect uh, will have their greatest games, given the difficulty of this matchup.
1: I was trying to do a little bit of deep diving here on uh, uh devonte Smith, and I can't really find anything interesting to add there, but I, I do love you just bringing up the Eagles Colts game, I think is another one that's pretty interesting because the Colts, I mean, I've, I feel like they're going to be a little bit dangerous in the second half. Um, they've kind of rediscovered their identity. It feels a bit. I mean, part of me thinks the Eagles will come out and just absolutely mop it with them um, yeah. after the embarrassment last week uh, with Washington. But then the other side of this, it almost feels like it could be a second letdown game. It's like you know they're they're touchdown favorites on the road. You know, it's going to be in the dome. It's a good good environment for for Hurts and that offense to to play in. And man, it could be a second trap. So I, I was looking for anything that I could find against this type of opponent or, you know, home road splits with the Eagles from our other tools and yeah. that offense that if they've just been so good that it's pretty neutral situation. So yeah, I think keeping the matchups in mind is, is, is probably the smartest play there. And, and Devante is one of those players that, you know, in deeper, deeper leagues where you're starting, you know, 10, 11, 12, you know, he's still been factoring into your lineups because you've been hoping for those big, those big splashes. But, you know, in tighter in tighter formats where you're only starting nine position players, you know, I don't, I don't think he's an automatic start for most people. So, um, you know, th- these are the really valuable yep. players to bring up in this exercise, I think.
2: So I'll just layer this onto here, too. So uh, Devonta will see some coverage from Stefan Gilmore, who's at 7.6 points per game on direct targets, which is by and large the most any member of the secondary surrendering him. Uh, he's probably going to get coverage from Isaiah Rodgers, who's at just 1.9 points per game on direct targets. Uh, their safety, Julian Blackman, is the next player behind Gilmore at 5.2 points. They have a number of guys sub two. Um, it's just there's really not many matchups that you can take advantage of. And again, you know, the way that he profiles in this game, it could be pretty tough sledding. The final wide receiver that I'll call out here. Uh, Actually, two of them, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson come in at the absolute bottom this week of wide receivers averaging more than seven points. Deontay Johnson has been sitting Mm -hmm. riding the pine for me on some teams, and it looks like this might be another week where you have to do it.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, he's he's entered prove it game territory.
2: Yeah, he certainly has. It is super, super disappointing. All right,
1: Curtis, Deontay Johnson.
2: If I weren't feel if I weren't holding up my <laughs> webcam right now because my cat is trying to knock it over. Dave's I'd getting play short. the sound
1: effect. Dave's gonna tear a cuff tonight. Yes. <laughs> to get this episode recorded. Um any tight ends that we want to highlight uh for the people.
2: Yeah. Dave. We're gonna do this super quickly. Uh Gerald Everett. Rating of 79 in a really, really good spot. Uh, New York Giants tight ends. This looks like a favorable matchup for them against Detroit, which shouldn't come as a surprise. Beyond them, there's really no other tight ends that really stand out this week. The tight ends with hard matchups, though. Kyle Pitts draws just a 27 rating. And then Foster Moreau filling in for Darren Waller draws just a twenty-seven, but most of the other tight ends are in that kind of typical average difficulty range.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would like to wrap up by saying Treylon Burks, Dave, with five five forty one left in the first half of Thursday night football, currently has a thirty seven percent target market share tonight. Wow. Uh, four of the four of the eleven targets. Uh, so far, and he has four receptions for 53 yards, including a long of over 40. Wow. It looks like the passing game engine oh, for boy. the Titans now is powered by wow. the one and only Tra-
2: Traylon Burks. I man. love it's it. Exciting. But so, so Sean Siegel sent me a message at 7:55 asking what I thought about putting in Burks instead of waiting to look at the health of Mike Williams or Hollywood Brown. To which I said. Yeah, I'd rather wait it out and then play Gerald Everett if we need. So I'm sure that somewhere right now. Siegel is like, you know, questioning if he should have asked me about that.
1: Yeah, I did start Traylon on on two squads, one out of being forced uh, and, and another uh, just looking for the potential upside. But he's sitting in most of my squads as well. Dave, if it makes you feel any better, because I've, I've got him everywhere.
2: Yeah, (laughs) makes me feel a little bit better. Anyway, uh, good luck with your games this weekend, and we will be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Roto-Viz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at FF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214, and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.